0: Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room to listen to all of our podcast episodes without any ads, you get access to our video episodes, our bonus episodes, and even more exclusive content, including merchandise. It only starts at $5 a month, so head on over to our Patreon. Again, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com Boiler Room. And while you're at it, you know what would be such a help is if you could rate and review the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and make sure that you follow us and share out our podcast to all of your friends. It truly does help. And I wanna thank you all. It means so much that you're listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. I hope that you enjoy this episode.
1: true crime friends welcome back to another episode of true crime in academia i am your host Mary to pippi i hope you all had a wonderful week this week and i hope you are all looking forward to a wonderful weekend i know i am um last weekend actually we were able to take chico to the beach um i don't know if any of you saw my story or um saw the post on my personal Instagram but yeah we took Chico he's a little chihuahua to the beach my boyfriend and I and um yeah he just he enjoyed it he had a really good time we have taken him before last year I think and he did okay but it was his first time so like I was always curious to see how he would do coming back and it seemed like he really enjoyed the water. Um, you know, he's still afraid of, like, the waves <laughs> coming at him. But as long as they're, like, low enough, he he's okay. And he can walk in the water. And, you know, he likes digging in the sand and all that stuff. And then, um, unlike last year, we were able to take him on the boardwalk, which was nice. Yeah. Um, I got, We were getting annoyed, though, because some people were trying to say... that or Not trying to say, they did say that he was fat. And I'm like, how dare you fat shame our dog? Even though technically he's not our dog. But, you know, like, how dare you fat shame this poor dog? Leave him alone. But then there were also, like, some people who did understand. Like, it was funny because certain people would be like, oh, is he friendly or is he a chihuahua? And we're like, you know he's a chihuahua, you know, so tread lightly. There was one person who was able to do it successfully. Um, besides my parents, um, because he also got to meet my parents, which was cool. They were down for a completely different reason. Like they just went for down for the day. Like, uh, my boyfriend and I did, but, um, you know, of course, because we were both on the same boardwalk, we met up and, you know, said hi and things like that. But, It was the first time, like, they've met Chico before, but it was in a weird situation where I think he was being, like, just felt like he had to be more protective. Um, Whereas this particular time, you know, we were on the boardwalk. We were holding him, so, you know, he was kind of okay. Not kind of, he was okay. He was chilling. He was enjoying the sun and everything. So, but he was very calm. Is basically what I'm getting at. And, you know, he seemed to be really good around my parents. So I was excited about that. Um, You know, but just in general, it was so much fun to take him. And sorry, I'm fucking around with something over here. (laughs) If you can hear the crinkling in the background, I apologize. I have like this box of pens and I'm like messing with like the adhesive over here. I don't know if you can hear that. But anyway, um, yeah, it was a really good time. Chico I think really had a good time too. So, you know, aside from some of the negative attention, he also got a lot of positive. There were a lot of people saying that he was really cute, and I'm just like, yeah, I know. But you can't really say that. You just have to say thank you. You know, but <laughs> You know what I mean? House hunting is still going. Well, um hopefully we're going to be looking at a couple houses. Um, this week, well, no, not this week, next week. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, but also kind of, like, I'm just excited to see the houses and just kind of, you know, see what's out there and what's available and, you know, I'm just excited to start the process and all that stuff. So, you know, I also saw this past week, I saw The Nun 2. It was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting a little bit more from the ending um however i think the story itself aside from the well you know i'll just say it. it's not really a spoiler but like the ending is a little abrupt um so aside from that like i said plot wise it was really really good so if you like horror and are into the whole conjuring series you know and maybe haven't ventured into like the nun itself i highly recommend um The first film was excellent as well. So, you know, this was a really good follow-up. I was happy that the sequel didn't, you know, totally suck. Like some other sequels, you know, have sadly, you know, sucked. Another thing that I've been watching more on the TV side, um, or not more, but on the TV side, is Southern Charm on Bravo. That was another... COVID I started watching the season like whatever they put on and you know watched it the whole day because I was just binging Bravo at that time so I started to kind of become familiar with the characters and the relationships so when I heard that the new season was coming out not this past well not this week but last week the first episode aired of this season, I decided I was gonna watch it. And basically, there's like another kind of scandal happening here, essentially. Um, except I would argue that this is better because both people involved were single. Um, however, I would argue they were a little bit more newly single and also their relationships to the other people. That's what makes this like worse and makes it shady. But in this episode, there was definitely a scandal moment. One of the people involved, his name is Austin. He slept with one of his best friends newly ex-girlfriend. But the other thing is that this ex-girlfriend is also friends now with or was, I should say the best friend or close friend of the ex of Austin. So it's very complicated, very almost like kind of incestuous, but not really. It's just, you know, very close relationship to people, you know, that this is happening. Um, but I thought it was hilarious. Literally, before I sat down to record this, I saw a meme of this guy, Austin, and he's explaining what happened and of how this, you know, one ex of his best friend came to sleep at his house after one night of drinking. And it was very similar to Tom Sandoval, who was like, yeah, you know, she slept in, in the guest room and this, that and the third. And. You know, it was just, it was very similar, and in this meme that I saw, I just had to laugh, because it was of that scene of him explaining it, and it was just like, I was really waiting for Austin to say that Taylor, the girl, the ex, dipped out, you know, (laughs) just because, like, it was, you know, there were a lot of parallels from, you know, this Southern Charm situation to the Vanderpump Scandal situation, Um, So yeah, I'm curious to see how that all unfolds. But in podcast news, we are, and by we, I mean Andrew Rimby of Dr. Andrew Rimby, I should say, excuse me, of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, we are going to be collaborating on an upcoming episode and it's gonna be a little screen themed. So there is going to be some talk of Danny Rowling and Cassie Joe Stoddard. So stay tuned for that. I am very excited. It is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Um, it should be coming out sometime in October. But like I said, I will keep you all posted about that. If you would like to listen to this episode completely ad-free, go to patreon.com slash room and become a subscriber today. Also, if you want, you can go and you can become a book club member. That is a new tier we have added. You can either do the book club for the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, True Crime and Academia, or both if you really want to. We have some really excellent choices for you guys. I know Andrew... I think just decided on his. It's going to be amazing. I know it's a wonderful choice that he's picked. And then on the true crime and academia side, we have a book about the Amityville horror. And the other option that you can vote on on social media is about hauntings and asylums, prisons and sanatoriums. So make sure to vote on those. Make sure you become a subscriber to that level for the book club. So that way we can hang out and talk about, you know, whichever choice you guys vote on the most. I'm hoping to have a decision by Monday, so make sure you get your voting in by then. All right, so with all of that out of the way, let's get into this week's news update. On Monday, five Americans who were wrongfully detained were released from custody in Iran. Among the five were, and we all know I'm going to butcher these names, so I'm apologizing in advance, there was Ahmad Shagari, Morad Tabaz, and Simak Namazi. The prisoners release was part of a deal that included the transfer of six billion Iranian dollars from South Korea to Qatar, plus the release of five Iranians who were in custody of the United States. Now, of the five, only three are known at this point. So I just am going to give you a little background on each of the three men that I just named who have been identified. Now, Simak Namazi, he had been the longest-held prisoner. He had been detained since 2015. He was arrested on a business trip to Iran and was charged with having, quote, relations with a hostile state, end quote, meaning by the hostile state, the U.S. The Iranian justice system sentenced him to 10 years in prison. Regularly prisoners like Namazi are targeted because they have dual or multiple citizenship and because of that they like I said are often harassed. Morad Tebas or Tabas was an environmentalist who was arrested on allegations of espionage, and most likely this was due to the fact that he had multiple citizenships between the U.S., the U.K., and Iran. In November of 2019, he was sentenced to 10 years. Lastly, Ahmad Shigari, or Imad Shigari, was arrested also for espionage, and this was while he was working for a technology investment company at the time. He was released after eight months in prison on bail, but had a travel ban. And in November of 2020, he was arrested again and sentenced to 10 years for espionage. These men, like I said, with along with two others, thankfully were released and are back in the United States and more importantly, back with their families. So, you know, this is an incredible thing. And, you know... I just, it also kind of relates to everything we've been talking about with Patty Hearst and, you know, being held captive, you know, whether it's legally or illegally, you know, in this way. So, you know, very happy that, you know, those people are back home with their families. Bravo, liberties have been really hitting it in the news lately. Real housewife of Orange County, Shannon Bedore, was arrested on early Sunday morning, like this past Sunday, around 1 a.m. And she was arrested for drunk driving and a misdemeanor hit-and-run. The recently released video shows Bedore making, it looks like a left turn, into a literal house. She then backs out and drives off before parking in the middle of the road... Getting out and pretending to walk her dog, Archie. Which, I hate that he was even in the car. That poor babe. He does not even deserve to be involved in this situation. Um, But apparently, according to sources, it seems like she was picking him up from her ex, John Jansen's house. I don't know. It's just all speculation. But that is what is thought to be the um, sequence of events. Thankfully, no one was seriously hurt. There were some minor property damages, and it was said that Shannon did sustain a few injuries. Again, not serious, though. She has retained representation. Coincidentally, it's the same lawyer that she recommended to fellow cast member Gina Kersencher. I never really say her last name. I mean, I know who she is. I just suck at pronouncing last names. Not that they really mention it that much on the show. But it's the same lawyer that actually Shannon recommended to Gina when Gina had a DUI or was facing a DUI. Now, for anyone who is not up to date with Housewives of O.C., This is a big thing because Shannon said on the show that she basically prevented Gina's kids from being taken away by CPS. Now, of course, Shannon tried to deny this, but again, she said it while they were recording on Housewives. So there is evidence of her saying it on the show. Anywho, you know, obviously don't drink and drive. That's not okay. Just it's not worth it. But I am curious to see how this will play out with Gina and Shannon's relationship when they pick up recording. This next story literally makes me the most angry. I kind of like, feel like I'm seeing red. But a man in Bryson City, North Carolina threw a puppy from the window of his car last Friday. Thankfully, this was caught on surveillance camera by the animal shelter called Paws, which was the shelter that this, ba- this pup was just being thrown out in front of. Like, it seemed like it was done on purpose. The pup sadly then proceeded to run away. And thankfully, with the help of the community, because this area does not have animal control, they were able to find the pup around a week later he was severely malnourished and covered in fleas and other parasites and despite having been thrown violently from a moving car he only sustained two small fractures and some small abrasions on his body thank god thank god seriously that poor baby he is of course under the care now of the pause shelter team The shelter posted images from the surveillance footage to social media and requested help in identifying that sad excuse of a human being. Thankfully, he was later identified. The PAWS director, her name is Beth Shroud, she filed the charges against the man and said that he is due in court later this month. His name has yet to be revealed. I don't know why. I have been trying to find it, you know from what I've seen from the images that they released he he's older so it's not like we're dealing with a minor situation so you know I don't know why we're keeping this piece of shit's name under wraps but you know whatever thankfully at least he's been charged and hopefully justice will prevail you know because again it's caught on video so there's literally no question so this should just be a open and shut Oh, (laughs) jeez. I hit my microphone. An open and shut case. For our last news update story, Sophie Turner is suing Joe Jonas for their children. According to court documents obtained by Page Six, actress Sophie Turner is suing her soon-to-be ex-husband slash boy band slash brother band member Joe Jonas For him to return their two daughters back to England, where she is currently filming this series called Joan. It is stated that Sophie filed the lawsuit on Wednesday morning, claiming that Joe, quote, wrongfully retained, end quote, their children from their, quote, habitual, end quote, home in England. It stated that the two agreed that England, not America, would be their permanent residence. Sophie allegedly agreed, quote, with hesitation, end quote, to have their daughters travel with Jonas while he and his brothers were on tour as a, quote, temporary situation, end quote, because he had more downtime during the day to spend with them. The documents also allege that Jonas also withheld the children's passports, which means they couldn't return to England. Jonas, of course, is denying these claims. As of today, though, the children are back in the U.K. with Sophie. The documents also shed some more light about the reason for their divorce. In these documents, Sophie claims that this all started suddenly after an argument on August 15th, which apparently is Joe's birthday. I'm not really sure. I'm not a fan. Um, However, that is really all of the update for them at this point. But I will keep you all updated as it continues to unfold, mainly just because I am super fascinated with all of it. (laughs) So, all right, guys, that is all I have for you in the news update. Let's get into the last part, part three of the kidnapping of Patty Hearst.
0: LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S T E P H E N dot H E M R I C K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby and I am so excited to be talking about Broadview Press. You might be asking, what is Broadview Press, Andrew? Broadview is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish in the humanities, mainly English studies, writing, philosophy, and history, just to name a few genres, and recently, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who wrote all about the philosophy of sport, and what better summer episode than to talk about what happens when a philosopher dissects the beautiful aesthetics of sporting culture. In the spring, I had on Drs. Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez to talk about what is sound writing, how to make audio projects in the college classroom, how to even have your students create podcasts.
1: So, babes, we left off with Patty Hearst's story in 1979. And Jimmy Carter, the president at the time, had commuted her sentence after 21 months of prison, which she was sentenced to uh, seven years. So she barely served two years. I, you know, personally don't think she should have at all. But let's get into the why. Now... The majority of people's favorite president and overall just adorable old gentleman, President Jimmy Carter, like I said, commuted her sentence. And he did it on the grounds that had she not been subjected to, quote, degrading experiences that she suffered as a victim of the SLA, she would not have become a participant in the criminal acts, end quote. And like I said, I completely agree with that. I mean... We're going to get into it a little bit more, but this was definitely, like, her participation in all of the crimes that she was accused of committing. I mean, no one's denying that she did them. It's the why that is the problem here. And I agree that the why is because she was in survival mode. You know, she was being threatened. She was being tortured um, sexually as well. So, I mean, like, you know, not aside physically, I mean, so... You know, she was doing what she had to do to survive. And sadly, in these situations, a lot of the times you wind up becoming an accomplice because of that survival mode. So if you remember last week, I brought up Stockholm Syndrome, which is obviously completely related to it. And, you know, a little bit about the story behind how Stockholm Syndrome kind of... It came to everyone's attention. Actually, this story, Patricia Hurst's story is actually a commonly used example of this syndrome. And to just give like a brief like science biology overview of what happens in Stockholm syndrome, excuse me. Basically, the survival instinct is the main trigger for this, obviously. And it is believed that by many psychiatrists and psychologists that the initial bonding moment occurs when and it's strange but it's when the captor threatens the victim then chooses not to after a period of thinking it over the relief that this creates obviously for the captive or the victim then becomes transposed into gratitude You know, or feelings of gratitude. Also, along with being a captive, there's a level of, you know, dependence is created on the captor. Um, And as well as interpreting like small acts of kindness, like, you know, giving food or a blanket, etc. And kind of being seen like those little things as being seen as good treatment when in reality it's really just needs being met right so as gross as it is to say by making someone dependent on you for their needs they're going to give in to your demands that in and of itself is abuse in, you know, when you're actively taking away needs, you know, and only providing, you know, at certain times or whatever. You know, I'm not talking about, like, any other situation where someone would be reliant on someone else for certain, you know, physical needs to be met are is considered abusive. Obviously, that's not the case. But in this situation where it's actively being withheld on purpose you know, as a form of gaining control, you know, then you're kind of stepping into fear conditioning, especially because in most of these cases where this type of abuse is occurring, some sort of physical or sexual or, you know, both type of abuse is also coupled with this, especially in kidnappings. And as gross as it is to say this, like, you know, it's, it's a common tactic because it works. Now, after having her sentence commuted by President Carter, Patricia, because she prefers to go by that, not really Patty anymore, she went on to marry the security director of the Hearst Corporation, and his name is Bernard Shaw. Some sources also claim that he was also a former bodyguard of hers. The couple went on to have two daughters, Jillian and Lydia Hurst Shaw. And Lydia is actually an actress and model who is married to Chris Hardwick. Patricia and Bernard raised their daughters in Connecticut. And Patricia went on to become a board member of the Meals on Wheels organization. So... Clearly, she's not like this hardened criminal or anything that, you know, the prosecution tried to make her believe or make her appear to the jury. So, whatever. Multiple documentaries were created about Patricia's kidnapping and her experiences with the SLA. But she also herself went on to star in a few films like Cry Baby, Serial Mom and Cecil B. Demented. She also made a cameo in one of my personal favorite Poly Shore comedies, Biodome. Um, I don't know if any of you know of that movie, but it is excellent. If you're a comedy fan, I highly recommend. President Carter continued to follow Hearst's case even after she was released from jail. It is stated that he believed that she was treated harshly by the justice system, who at the time wanted to punish someone for the social unrest that was happening in the '70s. In 1999, President Carter petitioned President Clinton to pardon Patty Hur- Patricia Hearst. and in 2001, literally his last day in office, President Clinton pardoned Patricia Hurst. But It was a little bit of a rocky road to get there because not everybody was okay with this. Because, you know, of course, the people who had prosecuted her didn't really want to admit that they were wrong, so they pretty much just dug their heels in. So needless to say, they did not make this easy.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Andrew, and I am interrupting what I know is such an exciting Ivory Tower Boiler Room episode to tell you all about one of my favorite podcasts. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema, and it's hosted by Christian Garcia. Christian is joined with guest co hosts to talk about classic cinema films that we know and love, and he analyzes them through a queer lens. So, He's talked about The Sound of Music, Alfred Hitchcock, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, and recently Hello, Dolly. I actually was on his first ever episode to talk about my love of The Sound of Music and playing Captain Von Trapp in my high school musical. Then I was joined with Mary DePippi, the host of True Crime in Academia, and our friend Travis Roundtree to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Mary just had Christian on True Crime and Academia to talk about female poisoners, including the evil queen from Snow White and actual real-life female poisoners. So... Christian's podcast is the best. You must add it to your listen list. After you listen to this episode, make sure you head over to That Old Gay Classic Cinema on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he's also on TikTok. Don't forget TikTok. Okay, I can't wait for you all to listen to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room.
1: Hey, Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners and true crime friends. You've heard me gush over this incredible woman and her beautiful products. I'm talking about Mandy Made It. Mandy makes customized and original crochet and cre-cut goods. They are the perfect, unique, one-of-a-kind gift for literally anyone in your life. And she makes incredible home decor. I still have my pumpkins that I put out every fall. I just love them. Check her out on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It or search Mandy Made It on Facebook. To order, just slide into her DMs. And if you mention the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, you will receive a free personalized gift with your first order. So go on Instagram and look up at Mandy Made It and Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Again, her handle is at Mandy Made It. Mandy spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. And ordered today. So if you are a Patreon member and are listening to this on Patreon, you're not going to be able to tell what's happening. But for everybody else, that is all I have for you this week. Do not forget to join the True Crime in Academia book club by going to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and then vote on social media for the book you would like to read. I will be making a decision on Monday, so send in your votes before then. okay? and until next time, my loves, I will see you all later.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. I want to thank you so much for listening to the ITBR and TCIA episodes. Make sure, if you don't, follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Also, make sure you follow ITBR on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and TCIA on TikTok and Instagram at True Crime and Academia. Also, we have a brand new Patreon. Membership system. So, I just want to explain it to you all quickly. So, if you want to become an ITBR student, it is $5 a month. You get ad free ITBR and TCIA episodes and video interviews. If you want to become an ITBR professor for $10 a month, you get all of those ad free benefits, but you also get access to both the ITBR and TCIA book clubs. You can join both book clubs, get ad free episodes, plus you're going to get all of our extra video episodes. So, I am rewatching Queer as Folk. Christian Garcia from That Old Gay Classic Cinema is joining us and he's rewatching Smash. Um, Mary is going to start to rewatch shows as well. You even get access to what I'm calling the ITBR Teaches. So, if I'm recapping a movie or a TV show, including Barbie. Um, Halloween movies and horror films, you get access to that as well. And then I also am offering consultation services. So for $30, you get your first initial consultation with me. It's a one hour private Zoom. I will help create your podcast, your media brand. How do you navigate academia as an undergrad or a grad student? Do you need help with technology? It could be Teaching tools, Spotify for podcasters, video editor so- software. Do you want to expand your social media presence as an artist, writer, podcaster, or academic? Do you want help on how to create a public humanities identity like I've created for myself? So I now I'm offering that consultation service. You can find more info about it on Patreon, and you also can join our book clubs. If you want to just join the ITBR book club or the TCIA book club, you can do that for $4 a month. Patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash tower boiler room. Thanks to the team, Mary DePippi, our chief contributor. And thank you to our two new interns from Stony Brook University, Jonathan and Sarah. Bye, everyone. Until next time.